Nutrition is part of our world and nutrients are what our body needs. But with all the fads, gimmicks, trends, and unrealistic ideas about eating, things can be very confusing. Let's dig through the hype and adopt a way of eating that is sustainable and provides the nutrients we need without freaking out over our food. Join me if you're ready to be over the dogma that there's a right and a wrong way to eat. Here, we navigate eating healthier in the real world. Hello, and welcome to the Real World Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Rael, Registered Dietitian Nutritionist. I invite you to listen to this podcast with an open mind and be willing to let go of long-standing beliefs about nutrition. I am a nutrition myth buster, helping to dispel myths and misinformation about food and nutrition. I help people have improved health, wellness, and energy without dieting. Welcome to today's show. Wanting to lose weight for good? This week's episode addresses five weight loss myths and busts them. So I just want to address a couple things today about this episode. One, as this is dropping in the United States at least, we are observing our spring forward time change this coming weekend. So I'm going to be addressing a little bit of timing of eating when it comes to weight loss. And number two... With weight loss, a lot of people tend to think the most popular time is around the new year when people start addressing or thinking about weight loss. And while that is true to some extent, there's a lot of advertising and people thinking about it that time of year. Past research has suggested that it's more common in the spring as a lot of us who live in cold weather climates are realizing we're going to start going outside and exposing more of ourselves soon. I also want to address this. Not everyone needs to lose weight, but I still encounter people who are doing extreme measures to lose the last 10 pounds before a vacation, or they're doing extreme measures to lose a significant amount of weight only for it to return. I have addressed mindset about weight loss in the past episode that came out on New Year's, New Year's Eve rather, that was episode 13. I'll link that in the show notes. So I do want to mention that while weight loss is a common topic, especially when people want to visit with a dietitian, it is not always a necessary thing. 
And a lot of people will do more harm to their body by embarking on some of these, dare I say, crazier things or ideas when it comes to weight loss. Now, not all of these things that I'm going to address today are necessarily harmful, but just unnecessary. So, as I am saying about the time change coming up this weekend, and that happens twice a year, as annoying as it is for a lot of us, we just want to just set it and forget it. The common myth is don't eat after 8 p.m. or don't eat after some designated time that you have heard. That's a myth. And let me explain that. Of course, you know I'm going to explain it. The truth is, while clocks and our daily routine do help us know what time it is, along with sunrise, sunset, our body, if you think about it, doesn't really know if it's 7 p.m. or 8 p.m., especially when we go into daylight saving time or travel to a different time zone. If we travel to a different time zone, does the body suddenly start acting differently because it's on a different time? It doesn't. You may feel different if you've traveled several time zones and feel thrown off, but that doesn't mean your body knows exactly what time it is at home or even a couple of time zones away. Now, in the evening, and even while we sleep, we are still able to digest food. We are not dead while we're sleeping. The body is still doing a lot of work. We're just not conscious of it. I have to get up in the morning and make my bed because I moved around during the night. We are not dormant. We are just sleeping. And there is no physiological reason that we would gain weight by eating at night or at a specific time of day. Why does this cutoff time come up? It's usually because people are making a conscious decision to stop eating in the evening and it tends to reduce our overall calorie intake for the day. In fact, most people eat most of their calories in the evening once they're home, or if they go out, we have more food accessible when we're at home or going out. It is easy to overconsume calories when we eat out. But the time of day isn't what does this. If we spread our calories out throughout the day, it's fine. If we eat them all at one time in the evening, I won't say that's fine. <laughs> but it's not going to be necessarily what contributes to weight gain. Here's what the real reality is. If we have eaten our calorie needs for the day, by 4 p.m., for example, any calories we consume after that time would, in theory, contribute to weight gain. So if we just need, again, as I've used this example in the past, 2,000 calories, and we've eaten our 2,000 calories for the day by 4 p.m., if we have another few hundred calories, 500 calories, in theory, that will contribute or that does contribute to excess calories, which could contribute to weight gain. However, if we haven't reached our calorie needs for the day by 10 o'clock, we could still be eating. So if we're at 10 o'clock at night and we need 2000 calories a day and we've only eaten 1800, 
nothing is going to happen if we have another 150 calories. And when I say nothing's going to happen, please recognize while these numbers are thrown out, weight gain and weight loss and changes and those calories are averages and don't just snap into place the next day. It does take time for our bodies to adjust. But really, it's not the time of day that people are eating, but it's helping to create a habit that we stop eating at a certain point, perhaps. But again, it's not the time of day that contributes to weight loss or weight gain. Again, if you are traveling to another part of the country or another part of the world, weight gain isn't because of the time of the day. All right, the next myth. This one still persists. Eat a low-fat diet. Oh my gosh, I still have people who think that fat is bad. And you may be one of those individuals. Now, recognize this. In the 70s, 80s, before that, we didn't, when I say we, I'm talking about nutrition, scientists, and people doing the research on the various nutrients, didn't realize that there were different types of fat. And with the low-fat craze of the late 80s, early 90s, there was all these fat-free foods, and people thought fat-free also meant calorie-free. That is not true. But when people thought fat-free meant calorie-free, they over-consumed and gained weight. Now, low-fat does have some benefits when it comes to heart health, but I need to specify that we're talking certain types of fat we need to address. And I have addressed that on my uh, blog about heart health. So we don't need to worry about the type, I should say, we don't want to target low fat necessarily. So weight loss, recommending a low fat diet for weight loss is really not based on current evidence. That is more based on specific chronic diseases. Now, following a low saturated fat diet, as I have said, does have health benefits, but many foods contain healthy fat that can be part of a weight loss plan. So foods like cold water, fatty fish, nuts, seeds, avocados, these are all things that can be part of a healthy diet and can also be part of a diet when you're trying to lose weight. These snacks, these foods, have amazing health benefits and can help you feel full and satisfied and may help with overall total intake. So again, low fat isn't necessarily the way to go. Myth number three. Oh, this one I hear all the time. People say, I cut out carbs or I cut out white foods like pasta, bread, and potatoes, and rice. It isn't the food itself, but the amount, the preparation methods, and what we eat in addition or with these foods that could lead to potential weight gain. So it's not the pasta that specifically contributes to weight gain, but that most often we're having multiple servings of pasta. One half cup, one cup would be about, or I should say, one cup is about two ounces or two servings of a grain. And most often, in my observation and at restaurants, 
a plate of pasta is four to five cups. That would be 10 grain servings just right there, not counting anything that comes with it. Potatoes are a great source of vitamin C, potassium, and fiber. But most people don't eat their potatoes as just roasted potatoes, but have them fried or with added butter, milk, cream when they do mashed potatoes or toppings with baked potatoes. Accusing bread of being the problem is common when people attempt to lose weight or shunning bread. And whole grain bread can be part of a healthy diet. So keeping the amount that you consume or that we consume in control, one piece rather than five or an appropriate portion and not adding a lot of toppings, massive quantities, lots of butter, lots of olive oil or whatever we're eating with the bread, that's more likely to be what's contributing to weight gain. So saying we cut out white foods or even saying I cut out carbs, which in reality, most people aren't cutting out carbs because they're still eating fruits and vegetables. Um, it's just that's not necessarily the way to go about weight loss. And I addressed whether or not you should avoid carbs in episode four, which I'll link in the show notes. Now, here's the one that I'm always surprised when I hear this one, but I still hear it every couple months. It comes up. The myth, mixing certain foods will inhibit proper digestion and inhibit weight loss. Oh my goodness. First of all, the body can handle most of the things we throw its way. It is an amazing mostly efficient machine and can digest the nutrients, protein, carbohydrates, and fat concurrently. It can deal with fruit if you eat it with your meal. I recently saw something that it's still out there that if you eat fruit with your meal, the fruit will cause all the food to ferment in your gut. And that's just not how things work. Except for sugar and oil, all foods are a combination of carbohydrates, protein, or fat. So at least two of those, and often all three of those nutrients. So it would be virtually impossible to not mix certain foods together or certain nutrients together. And eating an apple with peanut butter or having a pear with an ounce of cheese, well, actually, it's a pretty darn healthy snack. It helps you feel full longer. And you know what? Unless you have a lactose intolerance or a peanut allergy, your digestion will be just fine. But I still hear people saying, oh, I shouldn't eat a protein with fruit or whatever strange combinations tend to pop up. It's just not true. It just isn't. It may be something of a behavior modification. For example, if we have an apple about 30 to 60 minutes before we eat dinner, or any meal, we may end up eating less. That's, that's a nifty trick to help us feel full sooner. But it has nothing to do with our ability to be able to digest that food. All right, and for today, the final myth, myth number five, to lose weight, we need to follow a low calorie diet around 1200 calories. Now, the truth is, many people believe they need to restrict themselves to 1,200 to 1,500 calorie diet to lose weight. 
And if somebody is a small person, and when I say small, I'm talking, you know, five feet, 110 pounds, that's not a judgment that just happens to be in comparison to other adults. That may be an appropriate calorie recommendation for them. But that's not an appropriate recommendation for most active adults. Many people are surprised to find that they can still eat far more than that 12 to 1500 calories. And it's all dependent on our height, age, our height, our weight, age, our sex, and our activity level. So even though I've thrown out the 2000 calorie diet number, our numbers vary by so many different factors. And what I tell people to do is take a look at what you're eating right now. And I've mentioned in the past, I do track my calories for various reasons, not because I'm OCD or anything like that. And it's not necessarily appropriate for everyone. But I think it's very helpful for people to see what they're currently eating. And then it's not to cut anything out, but really say, oh my gosh, I had no idea that fast food meal that I grab is 1100 calories. So track what you consume for a week, for example, and then see, is there a place where you can cut back by 200 to 500 calories per day? Please keep this in mind. It would really be best if you went under the guidance of a registered dietitian, because we are there to help you with appropriate weight loss. But I always tell people, make sure that you are eating at least 12 to 1400 calories, cutting back a little bit a day rather than a huge, highly restrictive eating plan is not the way to go. I should say cutting back portions is the way to go. Slow, steady, have patience. Weight gain doesn't happen overnight. Well, sometimes it does when you wake up and you weigh more than, but the, the massive amounts of weight gain, it takes time. It so does cutting back on the food and losing the weight appropriately and healthfully. So no matter how you choose to lose weight, and one, do you really need to or do you just want to? But think about making short-term goals, minor changes, cutting out small portions. It will take time. I should say cutting back on portions or eating smaller portions, but it is more sustainable. It will last longer than big changes for a very short period of time. Now, this is Real World Nutrition. You have a great week and I will speak to you next time. Bye for now. you to join the Real World Nutrition Facebook group at Real World Nutrition. Sign up for my weekly email newsletter at ShellyRiel.com. Connect with me on your favorite social media sites by checking the links in the show notes. If you have a nutrition-related question you would like addressed in the podcast, post it in the Real World Nutrition Facebook group, or use the form on my website 
ShellyRael.com and click on contact. Thanks for listening. Bye now.